coming up. I don't want to see my mom die. But if I have to see, I mean, I would let you see her for the last. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Uh, my name is John Lucio. Uh, I am Melissa Lucio's oldest son. I am the third oldest, the oldest son. Um, yeah. We are here today in Austin, far from the valley. Why? Um, first and foremost, because my mother's life means the most to me. The family of 52-year-old Melissa Lucio has been fighting an uphill battle, trying to call attention to her capital murder case in hopes of getting her exonerated. We're down to just a little over 14 days, two weeks, until that scheduled execution. Your head is where today, John? I don't know where I left it. I mean, it's been... I mean, I believe God is the one that's pushing me. I mean, I'm running on fumes. I don't... I'm running on his energy and his strength, because mine is not going to get me nowhere. Melissa Lucio is scheduled to be executed on April 27th, Wednesday. But as that date has drawn nearer, the case has drawn national attention, with individuals throughout the state of Texas and all around the country joining in the family's calls to free Melissa Lucio. In 2020, a Hulu documentary unearthed some new details that people argue could prove that She's innocent. This group standing behind me here at Dallas City Hall says it's gathering here to raise awareness. They know unless they can change some minds over the next 20 days, Melissa Lucio could be the first Latina to be executed in this state. My mom has no life in her no more. Melissa Lucio's story really highlights the potential injustice in our criminal justice system. We, we brought 40,000 flyers. It looks like uh, a lot of them are, have been taken. Uh, signs brought hundreds of signs and looks like all of them are gone. You're not alone though. You walked in with quite a few people wearing shirts that read Free Melissa Lucio. There are members of religious faith-based organizations here. You have this unprecedented support from more than 80 members yes, of the Texas legislature on both sides. Mm -hmm. You're not standing alone no, in this. I'm not. Why do you think that is? I believe God put these people in my path. God, my mother's path. My mom is a, my mother's a God-fearing woman. She's a daughter, she's a child of God, she's a daughter of God. And um, I believe her prayers are just being answered is what is happening today. And you believe she's innocent? I, I know she's innocent. Jobin Paniker joins us from WFAA in Dallas. Jobin, Melissa Lucio has been in prison on death row since 2008. Let's start by going back to the events leading up to her imprisonment. What was the crime that she was convicted of? She was convicted um, in the capital murder of her daughter, Mariah, who, is, who was two years old. And uh, the prosecution at the time had uh, convinced a jury that Mariah had faced a history of child abuse um, and clearly convinced this jury that Melissa Lucio should deserve the death penalty. And here we are now seven days away from her possible execution. In your reporting, you mention one piece of testimony in particular that likely tipped the scales for the jury back in 2008. What was that testimony? 
So we had obtained access to a court of appeals filing. Um, and in that filing, it read and transcribed statements from a forensic investigator, someone who had actually seen Mariah's two-year-old body. And the quote was from that, from that forensic examiner was that this was the absolute worst case of child abuse he'd seen. Um, and the challenge is when you're a reporter working a story that you didn't initially report uh, and having to rely on sources that happened that for a case that happened in 2008, you are um, at the mercy of the court filings. And so the court filings essentially read what this transcription is from this medical examiner. So here we are in 2022. Melissa Lucio has spent the past 14 years on death row. Walk us through what all has happened during that window of time. So in that time, uh, the family led by her oldest son, John Lucio, uh, he is connected with attorneys, uh, someone who's with, currently with the Federal Defender's Office, with the Capital Habeas Unit, along with the Innocence Project, um, essentially trying to build a case that says this is a huge miscarriage of justice for Melissa Lucio. And so they have gone back into, into the case and identified places where they felt the jury was not given information or not given the full picture. And again, this is their perspective. Their perspective is the jury was not given the full story surrounding the death of Mariah and also not given the full story of what kind of person Melissa Lucio truly was. So what does the family say is the full story? What evidence are they pointing to to say that Melissa Lucio is innocent? The story from the very beginning has been that Mariah fell down a steep flight of stairs outside of their home. They were in the process of moving. Mariah fell down the stairs, and that's how she ultimately succumbed to her death. Those injuries are ultimately what succumbed to her death. Now, the forensic examiner and the prosecution have, has, has essentially argued and, and uh, proven by a jury uh, that, that, yes, there, there, there are injuries from that fall, but also there was a history of injuries prior to that. Now, John Lucio, the son, maintains that Melissa Lucio, her mother, his mother, is not that type of person. I know she's innocent. My mother was a woman that lacked discipline in our family, which we very much needed. Um, she didn't. She didn't know what discipline was. We were spoiled kids. Um, she was not a woman of abuse. You mentioned that an attorney with the Capital Habeas Unit of the Federal Public Defender's Office is working with the Innocence Project on this case. What did he say about Melissa Lucio's conviction? How did he characterize it? The words he, he used were, this is very concerning. In terms of a miscarriage of justice, uh, this is probably the worst case I, I think I've ever seen. He thinks about that day, April 27th, the day that she is set to be executed. She thinks He thinks about that every day. They filed three weeks ago an application for clemency. And they want to get this case to the governor 
um, and the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. It's very likely they both parties already know about this. The question is, will the will the Board of Pardons and Paroles make a recommendation to Governor Abbott that Melissa Lucio either deserves a reprieve or deserves clemency? What specific pieces of evidence are they pointing to as they argue that the governor should grant Melissa Lucio clemency? There are some things that they argue that is more a theory versus something that is uh, factual, uh, that we can actually evaluate. They do talk often about the DA at the time of the Cameron County District Court, and they talk about how his involvement in the case has been very, is, is very concerning from the very beginning, because since then, he has been tried and convicted and facing a 13-year federal prison sentence for taking bribes in cases along that same timeline. We're talking 2008 to 2012. So the family, the Innocence Project, and the attorney, Tivon Shardle, with the Federal Defender's Office of the Capitol Habeas Unit are saying, here you have a Cameron County DA who had an ax to grind and wanted to put something on his resume and that's the reason that's one of the uh, th- that's one of the big reasons they wanted Melissa Lucio uh, to, to pay for the crime that they that she's been convicted of. And looking through some of your reporting, they're also claiming that she was forced into a confession, right? From what we understand, what we from what we gather uh, in conversations with John Lucio, her oldest son, as soon as uh, as soon as paramedics were called to the scene, not days after, Melissa Lucio was sitting across from investigators being grilled for up to five hours and being led into um, admitting she committed this crime. And Tivon Shardle, the attorney, says, I remember him telling us that Um, there's no person that can endure five hours of grueling testimony and uh, not say something that would give off the impression that they were involved um, in the crime. As it stands, again, Melissa Lucio is scheduled to be executed on April 27th. That's this coming Wednesday. Someone else you talked with is Abraham Bonowitz, who works with a nonprofit called Death Penalty Action. Short of the governor granting clemency, what did he say would be another way, perhaps an easier way for immediate relief right now with this execution date fast approaching? Yeah, Abraham Bonowitz has been instrumental in organizing a lot of the rallies at the state capitol, down in the Rio Grande Valley where they live, um, all across Texas. They've come up here to Dallas uh, Abraham Bonovitz is with Death Penalty Action, executive director there. Obviously, he is um, very much in tune with the family. Um, they tell He tells us that the quickest way for some relief for Melissa Lucio would be for the Cameron County District Attorney to withdraw the execution warrant. 
Now, that is just one court avenue. Uh, we already know that Melissa Lucio's uh, appeal was denied. So that was a huge loss for the Melissa Lucio case. Now, if the Cameron County DA, the current one, is the one who has to set the date, he's the one who had to set the April 27th date. From what I understand, at least according to Abraham Bonowitz, he also can withdraw the execution warrant. Now, of course, there are other manners of relief. The governor can act. The governor can offer a reprieve, which could be, we've heard both 30 days and we've also heard 120 days. In talking with Tavon Shardle, the attorney, the Innocence Project and the family, those 30 days would be instrumental in building a case that could prove her innocence or prove that she did not commit capital murder. You mentioned you talked to Melissa Lucio's oldest son, John Lucio, who's been kind of leading this fight. And, and he told you that his focus right now is just trying to stop April 27th from arriving. What else did he say is on his mind as we get closer and closer to that date? It's, it's actually quite interesting when we talked with him. Because uh, he when, when we talked with him, we talked with him in Austin. They were there at the Capitol protesting. Um, they had a rally in front of the governor's mansion the day before, uh, obviously trying to get the attention of the governor. And I asked him, you know, when's the next time you go see your mother? And he's like, oh, later this week. And I asked, you know, because it, it, it could be one of the last times you see your mother alive. And he said, we're not even going to talk about that stuff. When we, when we meet, and they meet about once a month, when we meet, it is purely house family. What are you doing? How are you doing? We try to keep it positive. We try to keep it pleasant. Um, they try to keep it upbeat. And uh, I mean, and, and here he is fighting through tears, telling me how positive he needs to make these um, this experience meeting his mother again at the, at the jail. And that was really telling to me because um, you would think this would be a just, I mean, I'd be bawling my eyes out, right? You know, if your mom is uh, set to be executed, but here he says, no, we're trying to be positive. We know that something's going to happen. We have the faith that something's going to be happen. So the faith that something's going to happen. Um, and, and, one of the most impactful sound bites that he had that day when he talked with us was, I don't want to see my mom die, but if I have to see it, I would like to see her last breath, which I think was very telling. I don't want to see my mom die. But if I have to see it, I mean, I would like to see her for the last breath. You've mentioned the rallies and protests that have been going on around the state. This has been a very public fight. Can you talk about the response that you've heard from lawmakers in Texas? So we have a lawmaker here in Collin County. His name is Jeff Leach. He's a Republican and he co-chairs the House Criminal Justice Reform Caucus. And they had a press briefing where a number of lawmakers from this House Criminal Justice Reform Caucus are essentially saying, and his quote is, the life of a fellow Texan 
who could be innocent is hanging in the balance right now. The life of a fellow Texan who very likely could be innocent is hanging in the balance. And that cry was really for the governor. Governor, governor Abbott, you need to hear this story. You need to hear about Melissa Lucio's story. And what we've learned is that close to 90 lawmakers, Republican and Democrat, have appealed to the governor. Joe Ben Paniker will be watching your reporting and the rest of WFA's reporting as that April 27th date approaches. Thanks for sharing the story. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're right here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to or following us wherever it is you're listening right now. If you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows that includes our weekly podcast, True Crime Chronicles. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.